Amen and amen again. How are everybody doing this morning? Oh, come on now. How are you doing this morning? I would like to say hello to everyone that's here and for all that may be online. I send you electronic hugs and spiritual high fives and I'm just happy that you took this time to come into the house of the Lord or took this time to log in to the Logos and Life Community Church. I'm Pastor Juan Bryan, and I'm happy that you joined us today for this lesson that God has spoke through me, and I pray that I either say something or do something that will cause you to ask, what must I do to be saved? And I just want to say that there is a word from the Lord today. Amen? Amen, amen. Let's go ahead and bring the music down a little bit. You will find the word today from the Lord in the book of Mark. Matthew, Mark, the book of Mark, chapter four, you will find our word on today. And I'm excited in the synoptic gospel of Mark, chapter four, starting with verses 35 through 41. It's a very familiar passage, but I pray that it's fitting as well um, as the times that we are going through. If you're there, say amen. amen. And you know, you got to always have three things. You got to have some to write on, some to write with, and some to write from. That's why it's good to have the Bible on your phone, but it's good to have a Bible in your lap. Amen? No, oh, come on now. You can't highlight and watch on your phone. So if you're watching on your phone, have a Bible in your lap so you can follow in the Bible and watch on the phone. Amen? Well, let's go ahead and dive into this word. Dive into this word. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us. Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 35, says this. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he, just as he was, and another boat, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he, woke, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still have no, have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Amen? Amen. For the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord will remain always. The topic that I have for you today is an encouraging topic, a steadfastness topic that just simply says, don't rush the storm. Don't rush the storm. This is a lesson in dependence. You know, there's some lessons in the storms. Amen? Amen. And I know everybody looking at me, don't rush the storm. Hold on, Pastor, you better help me through it. I'm going to try my best to walk you through it. Now, 2020, the year 2020 has been and probably will go down as one of the most memorable years. Um, it has been a year of loss for some. Um, some have lost their jobs. Some have... Um, lost their way. Some has even lost their homes and even closer to home, some has even lost loved ones. 
not only is this year going to be rememberable as a year of loss, but we can all say that it was a challenging year, a very difficult year. But it wasn't difficult for everybody because some people have been blessed during this time. It seems like we got more people in chaos than we do in calm, but there are some people have, that have been getting blessed during this time. But I also believe that the year 2020, God has called to be the year of uncovering and revelation. What I mean uncovering is that 2020 or the things that have transpired in the year 2020 has pulled the lid or removed the cover off of some stuff that has been um, that hadn't been taken care of that we just left there lying dormant if, even though it's still alive and I'll just say 2020 has uncovered the fact that wrong, that racism has gone nowhere we just covered it up and it has been revealed that hatred and impartiality have been buried and covered but year 2020 has revealed and uncovered the fact that it's still there 2020 has given the revelation of how people will support jobs and worked on jobs for over 30 and 40 years only to find that the company could not support them for six months. The cover has been pulled. It is amazing how this year has become revelation. And I just remember even us here at Logos on December the 31st, we could not wait. We had sure excitement of what 2020 would bring. But now many of us can't wait till it's over. Just saying it like it is. But I want to tell you today in the current condition state of calm. Before I say what I'm about to say, let me go ahead and drop a personal caveat. I'm in a storm right now while I'm preaching this. But yet God calls me to be calm. He calls me to not be in a rush to get out of the storm. Because God has a way of teaching us lessons in the midst of the storm. So the storms have lessons. And I want to tell you this for everybody that's listening. Knowing how to navigate a storm is not an elective. It's a required course. And also, if we are in such a rush to get out of the storm, we may miss the message or the lesson in the storm. Because all we really want is out. We miss what the storm is trying to teach us. Well, I don't know about you. I've learned a lot during this time. I've learned that Jesus not only will use the lessons of life to teach us, but he's teaching us the importance of reliance and dependence. He's teaching us truly that he is our source. He is what to be leaned on. He is what we who are Christians are supposed to depend on, especially in hard times. And I'll just go ahead and let you know that in this text, Jesus has allowed the storm to facilitate this class. And the storm is going to teach us three lessons and uncover one thing. So we got three lessons and one uncovering. So let's go ahead and jump in the text. Let's go ahead and jump in the text. Verse 35 through 37, and I'm going to reread it again. It says, on that day when evening had come, and he said to them, let us go cross to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat. 
just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Here's the first lesson of the storm. The first thing that God wanted us to see in the storm, the first thing that Jesus wants us to see in the storm is that he is with us. He is. I say, I don't know about you, but that's good news. And if you got a good Bible, it'll say shout here. This is this is good news. This is shout worthy. Pastor, where do you get from the text that he is with us? In verse 35, he says, let us go. Not you. He say, let us. Us includes the one that's speaking as well as all those who's hearing. So he's saying, you and me, let us all get in this boat and let's go to the other side. Doesn't it feel good to know that he is right there with you? Right when you need him, he says, I'm right there. Pastor, where else in the Bible does it let us know that he will be with us? When we look at verse 36 and it says, and they took him in the boat. Which means not only... Was it him who got who made the suggestion to get in to go to the other side? But it was they that put him in the boat with them. So they already know that there is no better place to be or no better person to be with in a storm than to be with Jesus. And watch this. I'll even go far enough to say that getting in the boat was Jesus's idea. Going to the other side was Jesus's idea, which means dealing with the storm had to be his idea, too. And it's not that he caused the storm, he just allowed it. Oh, hello, somebody. See, sometimes, now it's not that he can't cause it, because he can, because if he called it to stop, he can cause it to be. But he turns around and tells them, let's go to the other side. Look at what he's doing. He is giving us first lesson in everything that we need to know during a hard time is that he wants to be with us. Or, how about I'll say it like this, he is with us, so whether or not you use them or not is on you. How are you worried when God is with you? How are you concerned when Jesus is with you? How are you losing your mind when you got the Messiah right next to you? So my question is, where was Jesus in the storm? And what was his posture in the storm? Okay. Pastor, what are you saying? I'll just go borrow a point from Joshua chapter 3. When God had told Joshua to get the priest and have those that is carrying the Ark of the Covenant to go before the people. And when they go before the people, that when they foot hit the water, who? The first people that went into the water was the priest that was carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And he says, and once they get there, the water was going to stand up on both sides and the people were to pass through on dry land. But let me pause for a second. In that story in Joshua chapter 3, it says that the priest that was carrying the ark of God was to stop in the middle. Not only were they to step, they were to stay. And so the people would pass. And what happens is this. They were carrying the ark of God, which represents the presence of God. And he let them know the presence of God will always go before you. And as you walk in, you will always see it. He was letting them know that I'm with you all the way. See, we can't be like Gideon on how when God called Gideon to command him and do a service, Gideon turns around and tells the angel, well, if you with us, why are we going through this? Well, see, that's how many of us feel right now. Many of us are in the have the Gideon spirit when Jesus is trying to teach us that I am with you. 
See, this won't be long today because I need you to get this. First of all, Jesus said, what if I tell you the situation was dark? I can prove it to you. Watch this. In verse 35, it says the evening had come. Now, if it's one thing to be in the dark at home, but it's another thing to be in the dark on a boat because the water looked black and the sky looked like it's touching the water and the sky look oh hello somebody you can't see your way through you don't know how you're gonna get out you don't even know what's coming all you know is who you're with yeah. oh my god i don't even know if i'm gonna make it out but all i can focus on is who i'm with <laughs> number one he is with when? In the darkest of times, he is with us. When? All the time. This is what he's trying to get you to see. I'm not just there to teach you and I'm not just there to feed you, but I'm there during bad times too. So you don't think Jesus is a Jesus of good times, but he's a Jesus of all times. Especially. Now watch this. It, it's amazing that we all have friends and we got some friends that we call fair weather because see, they all show up. When the weather is fair, they'll show up when the sun is shining. They'll show up when the bills are paid. They'll show up when the food is cooking. They'll, you know, I'm talking about them people that never bring them to the party, but they always wait for you to finish cooking. You know, those people that show up with conditions. Oh, but do they show up when you're hungry? Do they show up with food? Do they show up when you're stressed? Do they show up when you need a ride to work? Do they show up when you're worried? Do they show No, they don't. They're fair weather, friend. Jesus is saying, I am not fair weather. Actually, I'm here through the good times, and I'm trying to prove to you that I'll be here when it's bad. He is with us. This is Jesus trying to get them to see and hear the promise that God had already made that I will not leave you. The promise that he made that says that for wherever you are, I am. That means you can't go to jail and God not be in a cell with you. And if God can be in a cell, he can be in your house. He can be in your car. He can be in the job. And I remember one time Pastor Hood says, would you listen to the music or would you have the conversations you are having in your car if you knew God was in there? Okay, I'm going to leave that. He is with us. Number two is just verse 39. I'm mean, oh, sorry, 38. It says, but he was, Jesus was in the stern. Now let me let me let you know, the stern is the back of the ship. Right here? That's my boy. You've been in a storm on the water before. He's a longshoreman. Watch this. It says, but he was in the stern. It's saying Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion, and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Let me first let you know what the point is. The first lesson is he is with us. The second lesson is he cares about what happens to us. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now, doesn't Jesus sound like a parent right here? He sounds like a parent that, that he said, I'm, I'm, I'm with you through all of this. And I care what happens to you. See, parents care what happened to their children. That's why they try to do all they can to set their kids up to be successful. Why? Because they care what happens to them. Even during the dark times, they said, I'm still your parent. Oh, hello, somebody. 
You don't stop being parent because such a just because Poach up in jail. You don't stop being parent because what's her name is on drugs. You don't stop being parent because it was a domestic violence situation. No, that's still your child. God is saying, even though you are in places you should not be. I like what it says in Psalm 23. Yea, that I walked by the, through the valley of the shadow of death. Thou art with me. And if he didn't care, he wouldn't be with you. Uh, can we look back? Let's go back to the verse, verse 35, verse 38. I just want to pick out something that God showed me. Y'all know how I am. Jesus cares. And we talk about the posture of Jesus in the storm, right? Jesus was asleep on a cushion. <laughs> okay, let me go back. It shows his level of comfort during a storm. He was sleep because he knew the storm couldn't kill him and he was, oh, see, he's trying to let you know. He's trying to let you know the storm couldn't kill me and it ain't going to make me uncomfortable. So how many of us during a storm we get unsettled like these people because we're afraid of what the storm going to do so we lose our comfort. Jesus saying that if I am here sleep during the storm, I'm letting you know how comfortable I am with handling a storm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He cares what happens to you. Watch this. But in the storm, we got questions. Now, our questions don't sound like that, but let me tell you what our questions sound like during the storm. Um, will I make it out of this? Um... How long I'm going to be in this? And what did I do to get myself? Oh, hello, hello, somebody. See, because we want to know what, who the blame is on why I'm going through what I'm going through. So the questions that I have is, do you care? They said, do you even care that we are perishing? Hold on, let, let, let me go back. God's bringing something. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. One of the reasons why Jesus was comfortable on the cushion Sleeping is because he knew what he said. Pastor, what, what, what did he say, Pastor? What he said was, let us go to the other side. He didn't have a plan. See, when we come back into the church, as we are coming back, and we'll be back on the first Sunday, I just want to, okay, first Sunday of October, we will be back. But I want to let you know that I, I was talking to Alta Vise, and I said, well, Alta Vise, let's have three plans for praise, just in case that one don't work. We're going to go to plan B. And I was talking to the men this morning and I told them, hey, we got to have, I'm talking to um, my dad and brother Harold and, and Mr. Rick. And I was telling them that we got to have more than one plan. We got to be liquid. You know, we got to be flexible. We have to be adaptable because we don't know what's going to happen. So we got to be able to change. And so we got more than one plan. But Jesus only had one plan. And he, the reason why he didn't have a plan B is because he knew plan A wasn't going to fail. Okay, don't worry about it. He says, let us go to the other side, which means everything we encounter on our way is not designed to kill us. Because this is not where we're ending at. We got so much further to go. And Jesus is letting us know that he cares.
Do you care that your people perish them? Oh, God, I, I can tell you one place I know he cared. He says, God so loved the world, which means he cared so much that he sent his son. He saw our conditions. He saw our destination. He saw the evil that was within us. He saw the sin that separated us. And then he sent his son to us. Why? Because he cares. It was Shirley Caesar said that I'm so glad to know he cares and he's working it out. Oh, my God, for you. But she said, I'm so glad to know. Oh, the Bible tells us that he cares. He says this. He he not only cares, but he cares enough to allow the storm to teach you. See, because as parents, a lot of times. We want to put our hands on something, but then sometimes we allow life to teach our kids. And because we allow life to teach them don't mean we don't love them because sometimes life experiences the best teacher. First Peter five and seven says, cast all your cares on him. Why? For he cares for all. Hello, somebody. He said, you can give me your cares because I care. Psalm 55, 22 says, put your cares on the Lord, for he will be your support. Their question was, do you care? Do you care that we are perished? He says, I care enough to tell you that you wasn't going to perish in the first place. But do you care enough to believe what I said? Because Jesus says, I believe what I said. Do you believe what I said? Some lessons. From the storm. And watch this. He says that he will be your support. Now I had to call my Uncle Archie this morning. And I had to ask him this question. Because I want to make sure I heard this right. Jesus says that he will be our support. Give your cares to God. For he is your support. So I began to ask my uncle about a building. I said well how is a building supported? He says first of all you got to have a solid foundation. (laughs) Does the Bible say. And talks about those who build their house on sand that the water and the winds will come and blow that house down and it will not stand. Not because the house is built wrong, but because based on what the house is built on. But then he says, but for those that build their house on a solid. So first of all, you got to have a solid foundation. But then he says, one, a house is strengthened by the corners, the outside walls and the corners. And he says, and even on the inside, they have something called low bearing walls, which is the support of the building. And what happened is they put the strongest stones on the corners. That's why Jesus says, I'm the chief. Come on, I wish I wasn't in here by myself. He says, I am worthy of you to build something on. Why? Put all your weight on me and I'll carry it because I am your support. That's what they do to a building or a house. They put it on a a solid foundation. Then they build structures that can support everything else they put on it. That's why when a storm comes through, ain't nothing left but the foundation. Okay, that's all right. Number one, he wants you to know that he cares what happens to you. That's why he prophesied to them before they got on the boat. Pastor, what do you mean he prophesied? He told them that they were going to make it, but the storm gave them amnesia. He says, let us go to the other side. Number one, the first lesson he taught us is he is with us. The second lesson he taught us is he cares What happens to us? Let's look at verse 39. 
which is our last lesson, and then we're going to go into our revelation. Verse 39 says, And he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The first lesson he wanted to teach them is that he is with us. Second lesson he wanted to teach us is that he cares about us. He cares about what happens to us. And the third lesson he wanted to teach them is that he controls everything around us. Oh, my goodness. We serve a God that has supreme power. That's why they call him sovereign. If he creates it, he can control it. So if he don't control it, he may. So, Pastor, are you saying that he makes stuff happen to us? No, he is in control because he allows stuff to happen. And he also shows his control because he'll stop something from happening. But right here, he had to control what was happening because the students was missing the lesson. Okay, Pastor, what are you saying? He had to calm the storm as a way of telling them you're missing the point. While you're running around in chaos because of the storm, you are forgetting what I said. While you're around wondering if I care, you forgot what I said. And how is it that I don't care if I chose to come here with you? How is it that I don't care if I'm telling you to trust me? See, these are some of the lessons from the storm. Because I want to tell you this. Many of us can't wait for this year to be over. But we are such in a rush for this year to be over that we're going to miss the lesson that the year is trying to teach us. I'm excited that we're reopening the doors on the first Sunday in October. Hoping that when we re-enter, we'll understand that is. It's important for us not to neglect the saints. Hoping we'll understand that it ain't the building that make us. Okay. I, I, I saw a shirt the other day that says the church has left the building. Church don't start till you leave the building. If it didn't teach you, oh, it should have talked to preachers that you got to be able to preach without hearing amen. You got to be able to preach without being egged on. You got to be able to worship by yourself. It should have taught us. And God has put this on my heart. I don't know if it's going to show up in a book or a sermon. I don't know. But he's saying, I'm hoping that this storm taught you the importance of being a conscious church. It's too many unconscious churches. We got to be conscious because right now we are meeting by every aspect of church. We are meeting about the in, and being intentional about how we come in, being intentional about how we sit, being intentional about what we touch. Oh, but if we miss it because we can't wait for it to be over. The storm sometimes can alter your focus. You'll be so focused on the storm, you'll forget the facts. So focused on the storm that you forgot what he said. You are focusing on the problem and you forgot the promise. Pastor God promised something? Yeah, everything he says is a promise because he can't lie. Not that he don't lie, he can't lie. 
He said, let's go to the other side. So everything you dealt with, it'll be like me telling Brother Tolson and, and Brother Ricky, hey, let's go to Florida. But we have a flat. That don't mean we shouldn't go. Oh, we ran out of gas. The, the car ran hot. That don't mean we shouldn't go. These are all the things that's going to happen on the way that makes sure that we dedicate it to our destination. With all the things that have happened this year should be one of the hardest lessons that we all had to learn of the fact that simply God is with us. Simply God cares about us and simply God controls everything around us. You know, when I was growing up, there was this rap song called Cream, C-R-E-A-M. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Cash don't rule nothing around me. Christ rules everything around me. Cream, get your faith. Service, y'all. Christ rules everything around me. It is not until we understand what the storm is trying to teach us. There are lessons in the storm. This storm is trying to teach us a lesson in dependence. Not independence, but in dependence. The importance of depending on God, especially in a storm. See, what he'll do is he'll sit you down during peacetime and he'll give you his promises. But then he has to see if you're going to hold on to the promises to see if you're going to remember the promises. See if you could focus on the promises and the way for him to see if you focus on the promises is that he got to give you something that may alter your focus. Or will you stand on your faith? That's all right. <laughs> Last but not least, there is a revelation and an uncovering. The revelation and the uncovering. So we got the lessons that he is with us, the lesson that he cares about what happens to us, the lesson that he controls everything around us. But listen to the revelation of the uncovering. Remember what I said early in the opening that the uncovering is not something. Notice I said uncovering and not discovering. I didn't say that we discovered something. No, this time or a storm will uncover it, which means it's been there the whole time. It's just been covered up. And what the storm will do. It's removed the cover to expose what has been there the whole time. Pastor, what are you saying? Verse 40. Look at Jesus' response to the people's response. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still? Which means, after all I've already done, are you still doubting? After all I've already done, when have I disappointed you? When have I not did what I said? When did I not show up when I said I would? When did I not be who I said I was? Do what I said I would do? When did what I say not manifest? Why do you still have faith? Have you still no faith? So first thing he had to do is cast a class. Pastor, what you mean he cast a class? Because he rebuked the wind and told the waves to chill out because they ain't getting it. <laughs> he had to cancel class because see what happened is Jesus is the teacher but a substitute showed up 
And the substitute, don't nobody like to listen to the substitute. But the substitute had a lesson to teach. And it was a lesson from the storm. The substitute name was storm. But because we wouldn't listen to the substitute who was the storm, Jesus had to stop the class and say, why are you not getting this? Based on the fear they derived from the storm, Jesus replies, have you no faith? Peter was walking on the water. Watch this. He had enough faith to step, but he didn't have enough to stand. When Jesus encountered him and walked up to him, he says, oh, ye of little faith, why do you doubt? The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, when she touched him, Jesus says, woman, thy faith has made you whole. Thy faith has healed you. So, Pastor, what is Jesus trying to reveal here? What is the uncovering? What is What has been there the whole time that we have covered up? Let me help you right here. This is what the storm is trying to expose. Now, I want to stop and tell you right now. What you may, the storms you may be dealing with today may be new, but how you are expected to handle them are not new. The ways that we are expected to handle new storms is the same way we handle the old storms. By faith. The storm's job to, is to uncover your faith. Something that should have been there the whole time that you have failed to use during the time of storm. The storm has uncovered it and the storm is saying you can survive me if you use this. Faith. What is faith? Faith is the confidence based on what God has said. So if I'm taking God by his word, my hope is the conviction. My faith allows me to continue. Okay, that's all right. By faith in what God says, you can survive any storm. And he's letting them know that in a storm, there's no time to doubt God. Because you can't figure it out don't mean God won't work it out. Because you can't see what God is doing don't mean God is not there. Because I will tell you this, that even when you're in a class, I've said this before, but it's true. Even when you're in a class, a teacher teaches and they talk all the time. But the only time a teacher don't teach is when there's a test going on. And when there's a test going on, the teacher wants the room quiet because the test is there to determine if you grasp what they already said during peacetime. See, peacetime is when they're just teaching in the class, but storm time is when they actually give you the test. So I want to let somebody know here today or somebody that's tuned in today, you've been calling out to God, praying to God, reaching out for God, and you're sitting there saying, I haven't heard from God. Well, baby, let me tell you, there's time. God ain't talking right now because there's a test going on. He's hoping you can, you can attach to what he said to understand that I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. It simply means that I'll be there, that I care for you, cast all your cares upon me. I care for you to know that he is concerned and that he cares about all that happens to you and the fact that, and, and, and the fact that he controls everything. You should just know how powerful he is. And if you got faith in those things, we can survive a storm. How about I put it to you this way? And then I'm done. I'm done. In Hebrews 11, every person that's mentioned in Hebrews 11, which 
which, which we call Faith University. You can walk the halls of Faith University because it, it tells um, in 11 and 1, it says, For faith is the assurance of the things that we've hoped for and the conviction of the things have not seen. So it talked about faith. But then he also goes down to verse 6 and says, For without faith it's impossible to please God. You can have all the education you want to, but if you don't have faith, you cannot please God. Faith, what is that? Faith is you having patience, but walking in determined belief and conviction of what he said, knowing that however his will happens is what's going to happen. I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm not going to fall apart. But this is what happens. Noah had a different situation than a lot of people. In 11 verse 7, it says that Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, he, in reverent fear, he constructed the ark for the saving of his household. But then it turns around and says that he did it by faith. Right? So the answers to Noah's storm was faith. The answers to Abraham's storm, when God told him to get your only son, the son that you've been praying for, the son that I told you that I'm going to establish my covenant through, that son... I want you to bring him to me and cast him on this rock and sacrifice. It took faith. And when God saw his faith, he says, stay your hand. Faith was the answer. Now watch this. Abraham's situation was different than Noah's. But they responded. Now was it not only also Abraham when God told him to get up and leave and go to a country that I will tell you? I will tell you. Right? He had to pack up everything and leave. Not knowing where God was going to tell him to settle. And he says, and he did that by faith. Last but not least, there was another situation. Her name is Sarah. Sarah had a child after being barren for over 99 years. And it says, Sarah herself received the power to conceive. Even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, who had promised. Oh, wait a minute. So she was able to conceive because she considered him faithful. Right. So Sarah's situation was different than Abraham's. Abraham's situation was different than Noah's. Which means my situation may be different from yours and your situation may be different from somebody else. And it will probably be something that you haven't seen yet because I want to let you know if you haven't seen it, that's when it requires faith. But faith is the way to handle every storm. So what God is trying to reveal today, and I'm done. The lessons from the storm is this. He is with us. He cares what happens to us and he controls everything around us. And the revelation is faith works. Faith works. You talk about your faith, I'll show you mine. Faith works. So I want to thank everybody today. And I know we're all in a storm. I know we're going through something difficult. I know that things are going to happen and, and things not working like it should. But if we got faith, we can survive a storm, knowing that God is going to work it out. 
knowing that God is going to keep his promise. You got to make sure that the storm don't alter what you know God said. For if God be for us, who would dare be against us? For the simple fact that God used the storm to uncover where you are faithfully. It may show you that you are in doubt, which means we got to replace doubt with faith. It may show you that you have faith. It may show you how much faith you have, the abundance, the amount. But it also show you how faith works for the simple fact that we've made it through. I didn't know how we was going to make it through. I knew I would. I didn't know how long I was going to be in, but I knew I was coming out. Because this is not what God said about me. He says, this is not how my story would end. That's what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they found themselves in the fiery furnace, they basically said, I'm not going to go against who I am. I'm not going to go against the God that loves me. Well, put me in a fiery pit. Turn the pit up high as you can. And when they looked in there, what happened? It says that God was in there with them. Oh, and he was in there with them. Why? Because he cares what happened to them. And then he didn't allow the fire to burn them. Why? Because he controls everything around us. And he was simply revealing their faith to everybody else. This is what it looks like to be faithful. This is what it looks like to survive a storm. This is what it looks like to come out of the fire and not be burned. This is what it takes to not look like what you're going through. Pastor, what does it take? Faith. Faith. It is during this time that your faith will get you out. Your faith will sustain you. Your faith will hold you. But please, oh please, do not rush the storm because there are some lessons of dependence located inside the storm. Don't rush the lesson till you miss the message. Remember, God wants you to know that he will be with us. He cares what happens to us and he controls everything around us. These are the promise he wants us to stand on. And when we do, he says, then we'll have time for our faith to be on display. And when people ask you how you made it, you tell them, it was, if it wasn't for the Lord, hello somebody, where my grandmama at when I need her? If it wasn't for the Lord who was on my side, hello, but God. See, what happened is people are surprised to see you because they thought where they left you should have killed you. But God kept you because of your faith. Let God keep you today. Let God keep you today. Don't rush the storm. Learn the lessons from the storm. Let the lessons from the storm unveil and uncover your true faith. And I believe God will pull us through. Faith works, y'all. Faith works, you guys. And how we're going to enter back into the church? Faithfully. We're going to trust God. We're going to trust God. I want to ask someone today that has not received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior that this is the time right now to allow God to have that relationship with you, that one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. This is the time that you can plead for him because he is a keeper of his word. He is faithful to his word and he is just faithful in everything he does. He's faithful in how he loves us. So I want to ask you today to give your life to God today. Open up your heart and give your heart to God today. Reach out your hand because the picture of heaven is not us reaching up to God. 
but it's God reaching out to us. So God, so God right now, continue to reach. God right now, I pray that somebody grabs a hold of your hand. Let the time that has been happening right now reveal to them how much they are to depend on you. That you are our source and not the job. That you are our shelter and not the house. That you are everything we need, everything we should depend and rely on. That we should trust in the Lord and wait on the Lord. And we got to pray that God will have his way, that his will will be done. So I want to thank everyone today for tuning in to the Logos and Life Community Church. I pray that it was something said that will get you through your storm. Oh, I like that right there. Turn it up a little bit. I, I want them all to hear that. Because I'm faith in his arms.